Hey, you guys! Welcome to a very special edition of the Football Goonies Fantasy Podcast. Today we are introducing officially our new members of the almost illegal Dynasty Superflex or Brian's AIDS. I am your host, the FF Goonie, Macho Man Fred Savage, the fantasy Jesus himself, Jason Seplick. You can find me, as always, at on Twitter, at the FF Goonie. Uh, before we jump into the show real quick, wanted to go over, we had a Dynasty trade occur today, right before I started uh, recording this. Uh, the trade, of course, included Mr. Uh, Clay Jones and Mr. Christopher Greenwood. And it was Jones getting Leonard Fournette, TJ Yeldon, and a 2019 second in exchange for Chris Godwin and Aaron Jones. Now, as of right now, Leonard Fournette is still questionable, so him versus Aaron Jones is actually a debate we can have. But we can all agree, I think the upside's a little higher at Leonard Fournette, considering that Green Bay keeps insisting on having these talks about um, about split backfields and not giving Aaron Jones entirely the work. We'll see how it actually shakes out this year. Um, and then the big one is TJ Yeldon. Depending on where he signs and how he is signed is the more important thing. Uh, if he goes into another ancillary supportive role then it's totally a loss because the second and Fournette just isn't worth Godwin and Aaron Jones but if Yeldon comes out as a at least bona fide uh, split backfield starter uh, with potential for more and Fournette gets somewhat right I think this is actually a pretty even-handed trade um, but as of right now, the way it sits, I'm going to lean to a win for Mr. Greenwood's team getting, uh, the number two receiver in Tampa, maybe number three. We'll see how him and OJ Howard kind of s- settle into Bruce Arians, uh, air raid system and, uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just a solid get. I think it's a pretty even trade though. So I'm a big fan of it. So, with that little bit of news out of the way and the, the slurry of uh, free agent signings so far in the NFL, which we're really not going to dig into right now, uh, we've had plenty of uh, chats on the, on the group me as it is, let's just get into it. Welcome to the first episode of the Fantasy Mega Slam.
That's right, folks. Welcome to the inaugural season of the Almost Illegal Dynasty Superflex League, or Brian's AIDS. This is going to be a regular occurring show, the Fantasy Mega Slam. Uh, a little fun fact, actually, when we were coming up for the format and ended up settling with the 80s theme of the FF Goonies, uh, my actual other idea was the Fantasy Football Mega Slam, or Fantasy Mega Slam. Um, those of you who know me, my original team name um, that I had settled on, because initially it was actually the Fighting Mongooses, uh, I'll give a dollar to anyone that catches that. Uh, I don't want to give a dollar. I'll give you a shout out and some props. Uh, that'll be better. If anyone catches that reference without looking it up, uh, I'll be thoroughly impressed. But you will know that my first keeper team's name and the inaugural champion of the Atlanta Foot Clan Keeper League was Macho Man Fred Savage. And with that, I do have a love of late 80s, early 90s wrestling. Not really a big fan of anything that came after that. But it was always an inspiration to maybe do a wrestling theme football podcast. And then lo and behold, I don't know if it inspired Brian to come up with this AIDS idea. Or if he just caught it on his own. Um, but... Uh, here we are. So this will be the format for a once-a-week episode on this Dynasty League. Uh, we're going to try to get into it as much as possible. You guys know my time constraints, so we'll we'll try to keep it as consistent as we can. Um, so a little bit of a layout so people understand what it is. This is a 12-team Dynasty League. Uh, it is going to be a super flex league, which means that the rosters are as followed. You're going to have one starting QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, two wide receiver running back tight end flexes, and one super flex, which can be wide receiver, running back, tight end, or QB. There is also 16 bench spots and two IR spots on a 12-team league. Needless to say, this is not for the wimps. This is for men because... This is ridiculously deep. You're going to have to dive deep and actually start some people you never thought you would. And honestly, it's either going to take a lot of trading or from year to year, you might actually sacrifice a couple of seasons with the amount of bye weeks that are going to be involved in this insanity. Uh, there's some different things that make this league unique. Uh, basically, the... The match setup, we're still working out some of the format because I had one idea that I wish Brian would uh, kindly uh, look at and decide on uh, as far as one of the scoring formats. But overall, I think it's a uh, pretty impressive lineup that he's come up with to begin with. Uh, we have what includes single matches, which are the normal matches. Uh, Royal Rumbles, which is awarded to a higher, basically it's normal matches, but the highest scoring team on the week gets an extra three points. Uh, we have a divisional WWE. First of all, let, let's address the elephant in the room. The WWE is stupid and new. I'm, I'm asking for you to get on your social media and, and just 
please petition to change the WWE to the WWF since we're already rocking the WCW as the other one and we're acknowledging the awesomeness of older wrestling. So let's petition. But basically right now as it stands, it's the WWE versus WCW match, which you have your head-to-head. And the division with the highest scoring total gets awarded an additional point. Uh, Tag team matchups where each team will pick a tag team partner and you will have your victory for winning head to head and you will the highest combined score for the tag team gets an extra two points uh hardcore matches each team will and this is one of my favorites will pick a player on the opponent's team that they're playing against and that player for that week cannot be traded or started it's uh basically if you got Pat Mahomes and I'm playing you that week and it happens to be a hardcore match, I and you had something working, you can't start him, you can't trade him for better moves. Like it is just it is a crazy fun format on that. Uh next up we have Hell in a Cell. That's where each team gets a point for winning their head to head and the um each team who wins by 20 or more points gets an gets a extra point. Uh, and then WrestleMania, of course, will be uh, the singles matches. And then on top of that, uh, each team that outscores the previous year's champion. So this is for the next year, I believe. Actually, no, in the first year, it'll be the leading score at that point. And this is the final match of the season, week 13. Basically, whoever outscores him gets a point, and if he outscores everyone, then I think he gets a point or something like that. Uh, that's just parsing through it. I think it's a really cool, innovative idea. Uh, we, I actually brought it up on the Footcast, and they were actually kind of confused about it. Uh, what it was, just saying that it was a wrestling-themed fantasy football league. And so we got a little. We ended up getting a pretty big shout out, and uh, I want to give actually a quick thank you uh, to the originator of the league, Brian Brodsky, and then the originator of the first Dynasty League, uh, Clay, and his co uh, commissioner Axel. Um, this whole Atlanta Foot Clan family of leagues has really turned into something special and we've actually we got a little bit of notoriety for it and what they've done especially with brian and the website and things like that so thank you again to you guys uh you've really made this probably the the best league that any of us have ever played in and i just mean as the whole family of leagues it's super active it's super fun and it didn't take any money to get anyone on board with that fact too the fact that we, we're having this kind of success with the league without having to induce some sort of competition with like league fees, I think that's pretty impressive. And I can't wait to see where this, uh, this whole family of leagues goes in the future. So on today's episode, uh, the guys are, of course, bored. So they decided, some of the guys decided to do a, uh, a um, mock draft, uh, kind of same parameters as far as starting positions but obviously smaller benches and things like that 
But we're going to go through and just uh, quickly break down, give a little idea and some analysis, maybe make fun of some people, praise others. So uh, I have not seen this. I've actually per done my best to avoid it, and I'm going to try to look at it with a, uh, a gut reaction take because I haven't really checked anything on it yet. So uh, before we jump into that real quick, uh, we'll lay it out. So you got two divisions. It's the WWF or WWE. Uh, and that includes uh, team names such as No Chance in Hell, the Stone Cold Stunners, yours truly, the Nature Boy himself, woo! Uh, all out of bubblegum, possibly my favorite name in the whole league. Uh, can you digs it? And then Axel, please, just one time, no French names. Come on. Come on. Uh, and then the WCW, you got such teams as Thunderlips, Frey Tormenta, Lesnar's Mexican Supplements. Uh, we do not have a actual name for Dougie B's, so Dougie B, get on that. Uh, Groovy Drew, Field, Goldberg, and I'll Rock Your World. So... That's the layout of the league. It's going to be a pretty amazing season. So without further ado, let's get into the mock draft. You're dumb. You're dumb. All right. Since this is a mock draft, we're going to uh, just parse through it a little bit since you can't see everything and I don't think it's accessible on the side anymore. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, read out the names from each round in order of how they were picked, and then I'm going to give one I like, one that I don't like, and one that I have a question mark on. So, to start, uh, we had Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Hopkins, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Odell Beckham Jr., Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Patrick Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Tyreek Hill. Okay, so one that I don't like. Uh, straight off the bat, Todd Gurley. I'm not a big fan of running back that early in a dynasty, at least this much. But with all the question marks around him and his knee and all these issues, uh, it's just a little too risky and a little too much. Um... The one I really like, I really like, uh, honestly, uh, it's Tyreek Hill. Believe it or not, I am a lot higher on a dynasty level of Tyreek Hill than most. I think the super-duper huge contract that's coming his way and the fact that he's going to be tied into um, Patrick Mahomes for the foreseeable future and an amazing offense. And all he's done is got gotten more consistent and better each year. And yes, he has been prone to be ups and downs kind of guy. But I think that the longer he goes and the more he plays, the more consistent he becomes, even if that super high ceiling on a game-to-game -game basis changes a little bit. So I really like that at the back of the first uh, the big one I got a question mark on is Patrick Mahomes. I understand this is a super flex dynasty, but that means you only have to start one QB and to take Patrick Mahomes, 
Yes, a difference maker. Yes, he is super young in his career, and he is going to be an elite quarterback for probably the next five years uh, and be super effective for the next 10 to 12 years, 10 years or whatever. But, um, I mean, I'm sorry. I just It's a little bit of a stretch or question mark for me in the first round. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, the second round, we got Mike Evans, Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon, Aaron Rodgers, David Johnson, George Kittle, the first tight end off the board, Nick Chubb, Julio Jones, and Stefan Diggs, James Conner, Baker Mayfield, and Dalvin Cook. Um, okay, so this one's a little more interesting, uh. Some unexpected uh, picks. I really like. Uh, uh, hmm. I guess my favorite pick of this is getting uh, Dalvin Cook at the back of the second. I know that he's had his question marks going into this year, but um, I think his upside is that of like Nick Chubb and uh, Christian McCaffrey and those guys. And he's very young, a team that wants to be more run-focused. And on top of that, um, it's not like you're spending an early uh, pick. You're, you're, you're getting back-to-back picks at the end of the, the second going into the third. So to combine him, I don't like the pick as far as it being with Saquon Barkley. I think that's a little too much capital in running back early on. But I do like the value there. Uh, the big question mark on here, or the pick I don't like is Stefan Diggs. I think he went way too early. Um, this is before, I mean, obviously Antonio Brown, we didn't know where he was. That was a big question mark, but guys like Amari Cooper, um, there, there, there are some receivers that I just, Keenan Allen, I, I just don't see the value that early on someone that has had so many injury issues, one. But two, he's been kind of up and down. And like I just said, they're going to be more run-oriented of a team, hopefully. Or that's their goal, at least. Uh, the big question mark I have in the second round is George Kittle. I like it. I like the risk of taking him over Travis Kelsey. I do think the early sec- or mid-second's a little early. But I just like the boldness of the the first tight end off the board and the potential for that. And I think that's the biggest question mark that let's see how that works out. Uh, so in the third round, we have Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, Amari Cooper, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, exactly one round later than Kittle. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Cam Newton, Brandon Cooks, Carrion Johnson, and Zach Ertz. Okay, so we just saw the next two tight ends off the board. Um, I This is where Kelsey belongs. I don't like that Kelsey went to the same team that has Kittle. That's just bananas. But I understand that with all the flex positions, it does actually make a little bit of sense. You're keeping elite talent at the tight end away from people. You can use both of them as a tight end and a flex. Uh, it might cap with them somewhat your upside or your your total numbers just because Kelsey's age. But 
I mean, that's a fantastic pick. Uh, but to get off track, that's me getting off track a little bit. Uh, let's get back to brass tacks. Uh, I think my favorite pick is going to end up being um, Mari Cooper. Uh, I know he's been up and down. I think he's a proven receiver in a uh, dynasty startup. He is young. He is talented. He is going. To, he's going to be locked up for many, many years. And he's the focal point in that passing offense. And we've seen what he can do in Dallas. And that's with zero chemistry and zero time to prepare. And an offense that is going to improve under the tutelage of Kellen Moore. And even if he's not calling plays, he's going to rework that offense. Uh, that's a fantastic pick at the early third round. The one I don't like will be uh, Cam Newton. At this point, it's too much of a question mark, and I understand his upside in a super flex, but too much of a question mark with his shoulder to take him in the third round. That one is just rough stuff. Um, as far as my question mark, I think at the end of the third, at the 311, you got Carrion Johnson. Um, could be amazing. He's an awesome talent, but he's suffered injuries in college and in the pros already. And we've seen a propensity for Gimli himself to basically not utilize him the way he should be utilized. So if that corrects, then great pick on the upside. It's just one of those question marks that needs to be proven. Uh, the fourth round saw receivers T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, running back Sony Michelle, then a pair of quarterbacks in Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson, followed by the smoother outs himself, Kenny Galladay, Mitch Trubisky, Aaron Jones, uh, Jared Garf, Leonard Fournette, Matt Ryan, and Robert Woods. All right, so this is where we've seen the fall of Leonard Fournette. Once toted a high-end dynasty prospect, injuries and inefficiencies have kind of hurt him. I think Blake Bortles has hurt him, and now we've seen the signing of Foles, hopefully an improvement. I think the biggest thing people missed was last year, a lot of their O-line was injured, and I think their offensive line is going to improve. So I think that he does have a bounce back, and I think that is the big question mark of the round. As far as things I like, my number one like on this one would definitely have to be... Uh, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it hard. I think it is Kenny Galladay. Um, I think he's got an immense amount of talent. Getting him in the fourth is the number one receiver there. I know that he got thrust into that role without Golden Tate last year, but I think he's due for an improvement. He's shown significant improvement. And this is coming from someone that doubted a lot of Kenny Galladay's uh, talent as he relied on coverages created by other players in his first two years. I think that he had a marked improvement, though. Uh, from year one to year two, and I think that he is going to make a big step, so I really like that pick. As far as the pick I don't like in the round, it's going to have to be Mitch Trubisky. I just don't believe in Mitch Trubisky. There's a lot of quality quarterbacks that you took 
him ahead of, and I understand the promise of the offense, but in the fourth round, that's just a little too risky. Once again, as I said, since this is not a two QB league, I don't put quite the premium as I do on a two QB league and a super flex. So I get he's young, he has potential, this, that, but he's so raw still, and there's just too many question marks. Uh, over on the fifth round, we start off with Kirk Cousins, followed by Hunter Henry, then Philip Lindsay, Kareem Hunt, Darius Geis, uh, Cooper Cup, Derek Henry, Devonta Freeman, Damian Williams, Corey Davis, Jameis Winston, Calvin Ridley, and that is it. Okay, so... We're just going to address the elephant in the room. That is Kareem Hunt. That is a awful pick at this point in time. I don't remember if at this point he had the contract when you guys did the mock draft. But with even if he did have it, he, he's a, a secondary piece in Cleveland. Once he's done with his unknown length of time suspension. And he is... Not not guaranteed a contract after that. You 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 don't know any bit of role, and I I believe that talent will win out with him a little bit if he truly rehabbed and repented. But uh, that's just way way too early. So that is the pick I don't like. The pick that is the big question mark, and it's still kind of a question mark, is Damian Williams at the five nine pick. Uh, this was before Carlos Hyde was there. I think that was a great scenario, but they still could add. And I don't know why everyone's hating on Carlos Hyde so much. He ran pretty well in Cleveland. The year before, he ran well in San Francisco. And, oh yeah, he's not a pass catcher, but he he caught 58 passes with Shanahan his last year in San Francisco. I don't understand the horrid hate for Carlos Hyde. He was a top 10 running back when he was a starter for most of his career, when he wasn't dealing with injuries. I don't understand the pure hatred and knocking on him. It just, it it blows my mind. But Damian Williams, I mean, this could be a guy, if he does really well, he's gonna, he's gonna bounce up. And if he, if he can secure a, a long running role, that is a great cheap running back for Kansas City. If they like him and he produces in a great offense. So that is the big question mark, um, the pick I like in this round is Cooper Cup. I think you're getting him a little bit of a discount because the injury and the lack of production for Jared Goff in that offense the second half of the year. But a lot of that was in turn because Cooper Cup went down. He's highly important. Um, he's young. And he is probably going to be with this offense for quite a while since he was a uh, draft pick of Sean McVay's. Next up, we got round six, which started with Marlon Mack, then Cortland Sutton, David Njoku, DJ Moore, Jarvis Landry, Jarek McKinnon, Jimmy Garoppolo, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, and then to finish it out, we got a trio of running backs with Tariq Cohen, Kenyon Drake, and Chris Carson. Okay. So the big question mark is pretty much that entire last three running backs. My goodness, Chris Carson, what do you do with him? Is it going to be him and Rashad Penny? Is he going to be kicked to the curb? Who knows? Kenyon Drake, 
How does that shake out with Kalen Bellagio? Will he get a fair shake, or will he end up being uh, relegated to that not-my-guy uh, narrative where they end up drafting who they want? Uh, and then Tariq Cohen, depending on who they bring in to replace Jordan Howard, who this podcaster uh, rightfully was skeptical, skeptical on last year when everyone was telling you everything's okay and it's a good thing for him. And then lo and behold, look what happens. They're shopping him. They're trying to bring people in. And they did bring in Mike Davis, I think, today. But I don't think they're done. I think Mike Davis is just a stopgap while they shop around for their final... Uh, their final solution at running back. And uh, the pick that I like of this uh, this round would definitely have to be Jarvis Landry. I think he's been left for dead a little bit. I think that this offense had a big transition halfway through the season, and they're going to figure out what they're doing, and I think he's going to be a big part of it. Yes, they're going to put in a big number one receiver that's going to draw all the attention, and then he's going to do what he does best, which is work underneath, work those short routes, and get a ton of receptions. And unless this defense is just otherworldly better, I think they're going to be a decent middle-of-the-road defense, which will allow for enough passing uh passing and uh volume and i think that he is a quality pickup on that round uh the pick i don't like is david njoku i think that although he has all the potential in the world to be a great tight end i don't think he's shown enough yet and it's a little too much of a leap of faith that early on for someone that might just end up being a physical specimen that is not that great at football uh the next round Saw the start with tight end Evan Ingram, then Royce Freeman, Mike Williams, O.J. Howard, Lamar Jackson, uh, Eric Ebron, Matt Stafford, Doug Baldwin, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, Tyler Boyd, and Rashad Penny. Okay, this is where it starts to get to those, like, these middle rounds, honestly, the next, like, this round, uh, a little bit of last round, and the next three rounds could all, like, interchange a lot of players. There are guys that can go anywhere from this round to three rounds from now or two rounds from now. It kind of all falls onto dependent team needs. Um, but as far as my favorite pick of the round, I'm going to probably just have to roll with uh mike williams um there's a couple i do like in this round total but mike williams is a monster of a man i think he was like the number six or seven pick of his uh draft and uh he finally showed what he could do and i think he's just going to expand yes hunter henry is going to eat into some but I think what people aren't willing to accept yet is I think that this is going to be a more spread out offense than it has been. I think less is going to get funneled into Keenan Allen. I think the running backs are going to stay about where they are. And I think that more is going to go to um, the tight end and the receiver two position. Plus you have all the vacated targets of Tyrell Williams. I think the Travis Benjamin experiment is kind of done. They'll still use him in places, but 
I think this is a two receiver, one tight end, and running back show. I think the third receiver is now a thing of irrelevance there. He'll be there, but he won't be a focal point of the offense. So I think Mike Williams is a fantastic pickup here. Uh, also, O.J. Howard next to him is quite a good one. Okay, and the pick I hate the most is going to have to be... Ugh, this is kind of a tough one, honestly. This was one of the better rounds of picking. Um... I mean, Royce Freeman can be one, uh, depending on how it shakes out with Philip Lindsay, but I'm actually going to call Royce Freeman my question mark. I think he has a little more in the tank and than people give him credit for, and I think the Philip Lindsay injury at the end of the season is going to open up a door for him a little more. So that'll be my big question mark, and I guess the pick that I don't like is Matthew Stafford. I think that... Uh, I don't like him as much. I think he's more a um, whatever older tail end quarterback. Um, I saw Tom Brady go behind him, Big Ben. I think he, uh, Philip Rivers, I think he belongs with those people. Um, I don't think he belongs up here. So that is the pick I hate. And oh, look at that. It's Brian's pick. I had no idea. Way to suck it up, Brian. Uh, next up, we have round eight, which is Sam Darnold, Dallas Godair, uh, Philip Rivers, Jordan Howard, Tevin Coleman, Sammy Watkins, Matt Breida, Big Ben Raplesberger, Mark Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, Will Fuller, and Tom Brady. Let's just get the elephant on the room and say the pick I hate is whoever took... <laughs> Whoever took Jordan Howard, because come on, man. That's just awful. Who was that? Oh, that was some no-name guy. Oh, that was just sad. Well, since uh, that wasn't any of our guys, let's make fun of someone else's pick that I know was our guys. Um, Let's call it uh, Kyle Rudolph. Man, oh, I know tight end's getting ugly, but that dude really just hasn't done much. And this is coming from a Vikings fan. But just come on. I mean, come on. Uh, the big question mark in this round would definitely have to be uh, Tevin Coleman. Uh, he's kind of proved that he's got something to take. And then he went around last year and kind of proved, well, maybe he doesn't. But he's still going to get paid like he does. And it just depends which offense he ends up with, what opportunity he gets. And if he crashes and burns, this could be a quality late round get. Or this could be a uh, or mid round get. Or this could be a just waste of a pick while it's still a pretty relevant round. Uh so, the ninth round was filled with Christian Kirk, C.J. Anderson, Josh Allen, Dante Pettis, Lamar Miller, John Brown, Joe Flacco, Alshon Jeffrey, James Washington, Golden Tate, Robbie Anderson, and Marcus Mariota. Oh my goodness. So, um, let's start with the things I love in this round. James Washington... Uh, Robbie Anderson, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, man, I, I like all those guys, uh, these picks here. And Dante Pettis. Uh, Pettis is the big question mark because someone could end up screwing up his value a bit. 
but I think James Washington has a really great opportunity to cash in on. I think Robbie Anderson has a good opportunity, uh, especially now that we know they brought in another slot receiver, which is going to push Quincy Nunwa, who actually did operate out of the slot a bit outside, but he's a slower uh, a tight end converted receiver. He's like 6'2", 225 or something like that. And Robbie Anderson's the the tall, lanky, fast, speedy guy uh, who has shown huge potential. And I think with uh, Darnold getting more acclimated and worked out mechanics, I think that Robbie Anderson is a good potential there. And then Alshon, uh, they bring in Djax now, we know, and I think that's going to open things up for Alshon. I don't think Alshon's bad. I think he's a top 20 receiver, 24 receiver, and you're getting him like at receiver like 36 here or something like that, 40. I mean, he's, he's younger. He's got Carson Wentz. He's got a good offense, and he's going to have a better opportunity, especially with health. Um, the pick I hate, um, I mean, come on, C.J. Anderson. What are you thinking? Lamar Miller, presumed starter. Um, I mean, around that, let's see. Later rounds, who we got? Gus Edwards, presumed starter. J.H.I. possibly could go somewhere as a starter. Aim Hines, uh, Duke Johnson. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, old but a starter. I don't know what you're thinking with C.J. Anderson. He is going to be a backup and nothing more. Maybe a useful backup. Um, but he's not even signed with the team, and I doubt he's going to get a starting gig job. I just don't think anyone believes in him that much. Um, so let's see. Let's get into round 10. Uh, we have at receiver Anthony Miller, James White, Austin Eckler, Julian Edelman, Marvin Jones, Josh Rosen, Ronald Jones, the... Crap second. <laughs> I never realized he's a deuce. Oh, he's just awful. Tyler Lockett, uh, Elijah McGuire, Sterling Shepard, Derek Carr, and Trey Boo Boo Poo Poo himself. Uh, let's see. The question mark pick. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of question marks in this. I guess it would have to be Ronald Jones. I hate Ronald Jones. I think it's a bad pick. But with that being said, at the time of this draft, he was the starter in a Bruce Arians offense, or presumably, potentially a starter. So although he is not a great pass-catching running back, he has some big speed, and uh, I mean, the sky's the limit for him if he gets the opportunity, even though I think he is going to crash and burn rather than soar high and majestically. Uh... My favorite pick out of this round would have to be... Uh, it's either going to be Anthony Miller or Julian Edelman or Marvin Jones. Those three receivers. I like them all. Uh, Miller's shown some good stuff, and Allen Robinson has shown a propensity to continue to still deal with uh, injury. That offense has seen pretty good, although I'm not a big fan of Mitch Trubisky. But I think Miller, although he was injured, there's a lot of potential there. I think Edelman showed that he still has it until the Patriots get rid of him in two years by replacing him with another tiny, small, white receiver. 
And Marvin Jones, I think he's very good. I think he's going to flourish in these lower pass volume offense that the Lions want to try to run because he's the big play guy, and I think he really hasn't lost a step other than he got injured last year. Um, The pick I don't like, I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. I think that they've shown they don't want to... um, they don't want to toss it around much. I also don't like Josh Rosen here. I think it's too early for such a question mark guy. But uh, Tyler Lockett, I think they don't want to throw up very much. And he had way too many touchdowns on his targets. And yes, I know Russell Wilson is insanely efficient and a good quarterback. But I think this is we've seen the best out of Lockett. The only thing I do like is how late you got him is a little better than it could have been, or a little better than it could have been as far as how bad it could have been taking him if you had taken him earlier, but I still don't like the pick. Uh, round 11, we got Michael Gallup, LaShawn McCoy, Kiki Kuti, Marquise Goodwin, Austin Hooper, Rob Gronkowski, Naeem Hines, Andy Dalton, Jack Doyle, Gus Edwards, Nick Foles, and Dede Westbrook. Well, first off, Kudos to you for picking Nick Foles. It ended up working out better than you could have imagined when you took him because he has a four-year, $88 million deal. Uh, So he's actually locked up for quite a while with Jacksonville. But that is not my pick. Um, The pick I hate is Austin Hooper. I mean, I know a lot of you are Falcons fans out there, but come on. I mean, he has done nothing. He has shown nothing other than a couple games here and there. I actually like the Rob Gronkowski pick better, and I hate that pick. Um, Yeah, it is not a good pick. Uh, The question mark pick is definitely going to be Kiki Kuti. Uh, Kiki did fantastic things, but Kiki did fantastic things when Will Fuller was hurt, and Kiki got hurt. Um... It's one of those things, are they going to stay healthy and what's it going to look like once all three are healthy at the same time? Uh, especially, I think the big thing is they're they're going to hope that their defense takes a step back. I think that would kind of help them pass more often. But uh, he's the big question mark. He could pay off really well or he could be kind of a whatever pick. Um, as far as the pick I like, I'm going to have to roll with, uh, Marquise Goodwin. At the time of this draft, he was the number one and a half to two wide receiver. Yes, Dante Pettis had the volume, but I mean, everyone was really excited about Marquise Goodwin with Jimmy Garoppolo at the beginning of the season. And that role hasn't changed. Dante Pettis, unless they add someone, is still going to inherently be the volume receiver a little more. And I don't see what's changed with Marquise Goodwin. So I like the value back here this late. Uh, Next up, we have the 12th round. Oh, I think I read that back. Yeah, no, I read that right. I could have sworn I read that backwards. Anyways, uh, 12th round was J.J., Jamal Williams, Quincy Inunua, Kenneth Dixon, Mark Andrews, Mike Gesicki, Devontae Parker, Emmanuel Sanders, Ido Smith, Vance McDonald, Carlos Hyde, and Antonio Callaway. Uh, So at the time of this draft, I would say that uh, Vance McDonald was not where he was, but I like that pick. 
Mark Andrews was a fantastic pick that late. And I think my favorite pick at the time of the draft was Quincy Inunua, uh because he was the slot receiver. Uh, as of right now, though, I'm going to say I like Vance McDonald. Uh, I think that was a fantastic pick that late. Knowing that Antonio Brown was probably gone, I think that the Vance dance is going to be strong, especially since Jesse James was not brought back on top of it. So quality pick there. The big question mark is going to be Carlos Hyde. He was picked without knowing where he was going to land. And now that he's at KC, I'm sure that he will probably be taken a little earlier than he was going to be. Uh, The pick I did not like was probably going to be... Manuel Sanders. Uh, I know that they committed and picked up his option or whatever to him, but I just don't expect a old receiver to come back from an Achilles, especially someone that is so reliant on quick turn routes. Uh, I just I don't see him coming back to anything of relevance, and I think that was a waste of a pick. Uh, round 13, we got Ian Thomas, Teddy Bridgewater, Traquan Smith, Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson, Josh Adams, Tyrell Williams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Deion Lewis, Curtis Samuel, Kalen Balazs, and Chris Herndon the fourth. Um, the two ones that stand out is great picks this round. Um, Ian Thomas, all right, but I mean, getting Tyrell Williams in the 13th round, knowing that he was going to sign somewhere, we still don't know where, but he is a Good quality, large, fast receiver. I think he is going to make some useful... He's going to be useful. And honestly, where I would love to see him go is Pittsburgh. It makes a lot of sense. He could be a strong outside guy along with Washington. That would be a lot of field stretching. And then you put Juju in the slot. Um, that that would be fantastic. The other one I really liked was Chris Herndon. Uh, he showed a lot of good stuff last year. And I think him and Darnold are continuing to grow together. And I like him all the way at the end of the 13th round. Uh, The pick I hate is pretty much Chris Thompson and Josh Adams, but mostly Josh Adams. Uh, He was a, what, six-round rookie or late seventh-round undrafted rookie. He flashed for, like, one game, and then he... The other couple games, I think he is done in Philly. I think they have no plans for him, and I think that was a waste of a pick. And the big question mark is Teddy Bridgewater on this one. Uh, Looks like he decided to pass up money and a chance to start in Miami for the opportunity to continue to back up Drew Brees. So if he ends up getting a shot a la Aaron Rodgers behind Brees in maybe two, three years, then it's a ticket you got to sit on for a while, but there's a lot of potential for a late round uh, quality quarterback if it pays off. But that being said, it's going to take a while to see if it pays off, if it does. So chances are you're going to end up trading him before that time. And in the 14th round, we have Deontay Foreman, Josh Hill, Greg Olson, Jordan Reed, Alex Collins, Rex Burkhead, John Ross, uh, Chris Thompson, the receiver, Albert Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Adam Humphreys, and Mason Rudolph. I'm going to go right off the bat and just say it. 
I think that uh, the best pick by a long shot was Adam Humphreys. He's going to get paid. He's a good slot receiver, and he's going to end up somewhere. Maybe he ends up in uh, in uh, New England to eventually take over for a larger Edelman, but he could play somewhat outside until then. Uh, I mean, obviously, we didn't know at the time, but Alex Collins is no longer a Raven, so that was kind of a waste of pick. Um... John Ross could be on the move. I, I can't really say I hate that. Uh, Greg Olson might retire. Uh, I'm going to say Jordan Reed is probably the pick I like the least. I understand the potential, but come on. How many times are we going to uh, just buy into this? And even in the 14th round, I understand the upside, but there are still useful pieces to be had. I mean, people like the next round at tight end, you had Hayden Hurst, Gerald Everett. These are guys that are better lottery tickets in the sense that they have a good upside probably a better upside at this point i think we're kind of wishing jordan reed had the upside he used to have but he just doesn't what tight end of that time really did because it was him and gronk and gronk's ugh, as well so um and then the big question mark on this round is gonna definitely have to be also, Adam Humphreys and where he lands. Uh, it's also Mason Rudolph, depending on how long Big Ben's going. That's kind of a train wreck there. And it's uh, it's kind of interesting to think if he's going to get a shot or if he's going to end up just wasting away into obscurity. And then for the final round of the mock draft, it's the tight end heavy start of Tyler Eifert, Hayden Hurst, Jared Cook, Equinemius St. Brown, then Gerald Everett. Blake, I don't have a job now. Bortles, John Kelly, Kenny Stills, Eli Manning, Jordan Wilkins, Giovanni Bernard, and Isaiah Crowell. Giovanni Bernard is my favorite pick. I think he is going to do wonderful things when he can finally leave Cincinnati. Until then, who knows? The pick I hate the most is Tyler Eifert. Once again, stop buying into this crap. And the big question mark is probably Hayden Hurst. How is the Baltimore tight ends going to shake out? So with all that said, my teams of, or my favorite team, I think would have to be, where'd it go? I had it. All right, my favorite team is the Freezy Pop teams with Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Jones, Darius Geis, Allen Robinson, Lamar Jackson, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar Miller, Tyler Lockett, uh, Tyler Lockett, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Chris Thompson, Chris Thompson, and Gerald Everett. Uh, Chris Thompson, whatever, Emmanuel Sanders and Hooper kind of wasted picks. I get that. But uh, I think the biggest thing is, although tight end, I did not like the Hooper pick. Uh, he did bring him back with Everett, and he did not put a priority on it, and it really, it really helped flourish everything else. You got Deshaun Watson starting all the time with Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger flexing in. I like that. You got three strong receivers with two strong running backs to start. Lamar Miller's presumably a starter, although I wasn't the biggest fan of Lockett as your fourth receiver. Not bad. So, um, I mean, every team has some strengths and deficiencies. I think uh, 
that would probably be my favorite team. Sorry. Uh, I saw one other one, but then their depth was just god-awful. Uh, the team I hate the most is... It's definitely going to be Brian Brodsky. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I actually didn't mind your first four picks with the two tight ends because you can flex one of them, and that's great. So you got... Uh, Devontae Adams, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Kenny Galladay. Great. But then you got Derrick Henry, and I'm sorry, I'm just not a Derrick Henry believer. Uh, I think he'll be fine for you this season, but whatever. Um, and then Jarek McKinnon, another big question mark. He might actually end up being the big help for you. Uh, and then Matty Stafford is your number one QB. Sammy Watkins, Joe Flacco, Josh Rosen, Naheem Hines, Mike Gesicki. Ugh, this is just, ugh, ugh, God. It's like you're just constantly vomiting in my mouth with these picks. Uh, you did save a little bit with Tyrell Williams, but then Rex Burkhead, John Kelly, you just have a lot of blah. I'm sorry. I know you think this is a conspiracy and I hate you, but I don't. You're just awful at fantasy football. Uh, the big question I have, or question mark team in here. Or the big, I guess, wild card potential team is going to be uh, Clay Jones Jr. One, uh, Michael Thomas, Melvin Gordon, Brandon Cook, Sonny Michelle. Corey Davis is your third. I don't mind that. I think if it doesn't work out in Tennessee, he'll have another opportunity somewhere else. Uh, David Njoku, eh. But, I mean, you ended up getting him a little later. Doc Prescott, Phillip Rivers, okay at the quarterback positions. Uh, Golden Tate, Austin Eckler could be flexed. Gus Edwards, as right now, is a starter. Quincy Inunua, especially when you took him, was a really valuable piece. Curtis Samuel, uh, I don't like the Greg Olson or Jordan Wilkins, but uh, you went real thin on quarterback, and you, you got some good strengths, though, but a couple question marks. And if things popped for people like uh, Corey Davis for... Uh, Eckler, Gus Edwards, David Njoku, then you'd have some really strong potential team, but it's a big question mark. All right, well, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks for sticking with me on this. I know this is one of the boring, more boring episodes, uh, but honestly, I'm trying to rush this while I get ready for going to see my uh, future son's week 16 uh, ultrasound. So, uh, as always, thank you for stopping by. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And we're definitely going to make spice this up a little bit and have a little more intense, fun version of the podcast for the, for the wrestling theme. And, as always, remember, Goonies never say die. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of
folks. 